Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's a pressure cooker over in London. In fact, they're still playing. There's a mixed doubles match going on right now. So we're very lucky to be joined by James Gray out of Wimbledon. James, welcome into New Zealand. Thank you very much. Um, I'm, I was going to say I'm about to open a beer, but that's probably not okay at whatever time it is there. No, please do. Please that's, do. That's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's always five o'clock somewhere. Um, gosh, it's been a. Um, there's been upsets. There's always upsets at Grand Slams, but not so much in the men's side of the draw, James. Where we see the number one seed, the number two seed, the number three seed, all still alive. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of gone. With the form book, as you say, I think it's just, I don't know, I think it's kind of where men's tennis is at the moment. There's like, there's a there's a decent little cluster of players at the top of the game who are, you know, just, just putting in results in a, in a consistent way. And it, I think it's nice. I think it's good because, you know, in the UK, Wimbledon is watched by a lot of people who only watch tennis two weeks a year, pretty much. So if there's new names, they, they either can't pronounce them, can't spell them or don't know who they are. So it's quite <laughs> handy when they're the same blokes every year. We've seen a few weather disruptions, um, a lot of games being held over, having to restart again the next day. What, what has the weather and, and how it's affected the tournament this year being compared to recent years? Well, I've just cycled home and I got extremely wet in a rainstorm. So that's been the main... <laughs> oh, it looks like he's dropped out. Oh, he might have got some water in his phone, Gus. <laughs> he might have got some water in his phone. So Captain Cable try and get him back again. Um, waiting for the thumbs up. Haven't got it. Haven't got it. Um, yeah, so the number one seed, two seed, three seed, and I think it's number eight seed. So the semifinals, which we'll, we'll get James back up. Uh, Novak Djokovic is playing Yannick Sinner and Carlos Alcaraz. Uh, I can't believe about 50% of the people in the world call him Alcatraz, but it's Alcaraz. Really? Yeah. And Novak Djokovic, the Joker, just irrepressible. Oh, he's back. He's back. James, <laughs> did you get water in your phone on your bike ride home? I can only assume so. Everything else is absolutely sodden, so it would make sense. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, the weather the weather hasn't been great. Like, like we well, you know what Britain's like in the summer, and I don't need to tell two Kiwis about rain. But yeah, it, it it makes it hard to play tennis, and they've they've had to improvise. We've got two roofs at Wimbledon, and that does make things easier. But they're not perfect. And the problem was we had rain like in the first couple of days of the tournament when there are 128 matches to get played across the two draws, and. You know, you can't stick everyone under the roof. We can't play past 11 o'clock because people in the houses nearby want to go to bed and uh, they, they own very expensive houses, so we do what they say. <laughs> and, yeah, it just happened at the exact wrong time. And, 
Wimbledon has certain things that it won't change, like centre court starting at one thirty because people want to eat their lunch. And well, who am I to stand in the way of lunch? James, I, I want to go off the back of that. All, all these rules. I, I saw a video of a bloke walking around in his budgie smugglers and, and nothing else, and he, and he got told off. You, you can't go past the was it the grassy area with, without a shirt on. You got to wear white. You know who's. Who's come up with these rules? And, and, and in 2023, in a world today where everyone's you know, starting to be all woke, and, and do you think these will ever change? Well, things do change at Wimbledon, but not much since the war, to be honest. Uh, and I mean, the Second World War, that's probably the last thing's really time things did, really did change at Wimbledon. But they change very slowly. Like, the committee is full of people who are asleep for many of the meetings, and so things don't move on very quickly. And, yeah, they have to make these sort of tiny incremental changes. Um, the, the pandemic was, you know, a kind of opportunity to make those changes. And actually what they did was they moved the centre court start time later. So now number one court starts at one o'clock in the afternoon. Centre court starts at one thirty, And that means that all the members can have three courses at lunch rather than two. They can have two <laughs> bottles of wine rather than one. And then they can still get out in time for the tennis. So, so does that mean that, that are, the, are the roars a bit louder with those extra couple Glasses of champers uh, from from the top top rows, or how, how's the crowds been reacting uh, to yeah, the Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a, a bit more fiery. And you know, later in the evening, matches going on till ten thirty at night. It's definitely rowdier. I mean, it was actually uh, an Antipodean who had to interfere on court three the other day when someone popped a champagne cork at the wrong time, and the Australian umpire had to intervene and say, "Look." If you are going to open a bottle of champagne, please find a better moment to do it. Um, and you know they they have a very uh, a very high high value champagne sponsor here, Lanson, and they do a lot of business. And yeah, if you're going to have people at, at the tennis for twelve hours, then it's going to get a bit rowdy later on. Tradition is something ingrained in um, British sport, and and it's quite ironic because you've given us the royal and ancient, and you've given us the strawberries and cream of Wimbledon, but you've also given us the Sex Pistols. So you cover the full <laughs> full spectrum of plum in the mouth, and and the, and then tattoos and earrings and um, and drug use. So um, it's it's quite a dichotomy of lifestyles over there. But I feel like the UK, England, they're very proud of tradition. They're very proud of lords. They're very proud of the British Open mm. Golf. They're very proud of traditions, uh, the royal family and then the, and the Wimbledon thing. Um, is that why there's a reluctance to maybe modernise a little bit? Yeah, I, I, I think so. Um, it, it, I mean, without getting too boring about it, it's a brand thing. Oh, and I should say thank you very much for Ben Stokes. In return for everything that we gave you, you gave us Ben Stokes, and we'll, <laughs> we'll take that. So um, I'm probably not allowed to mention the World Cup final. Am I? My phone will mysteriously drop out again. Yeah. Um, but anyway, thanks for that as well. The, the World Cup was great. Um, yeah, it, it is like a reluctance to fit, like mess with tradition. It's kind of the brand of Wimbledon as well. Like if you think about... The Masters in Augusta, which I mm. think is probably the most similar kind of brand in terms of tradition and, and in terms of value. Wimbledon has worked very hard to kind of keep that prestige. And I think they do think that anything they change about the tournament risks that. And if they risk that, then the TV rights don't become as valuable. The sponsorship deals don't become as valuable. And in the end, Wimbledon is a money-making machine. You know, it, it gives £60 million to the um, LTA, the federation here every year um because that's how much money it's made it makes money hand over fist and the reason they do they do is because they they cling on to tradition because tradition makes money 
And it's a funny thing, like Antipodeans like us, we when we know we're going to Wimbledon, we will get out our Fred Perry white polo shirt and probably iron it because <laughs> we're going to walk in tradition of, of, of the grass courts. And I was actually lucky enough to go to Wimbledon out of season. It was pouring with rain, yeah. mid- middle of winter. I was the only one there. And I went through that museum and walked <laughs> through and I saw the hologram of John McEnroe and I walked up to this window and he goes, G'day. And he was like this real, real life McEnroe. I love the tradition. So thank you for England. Thank you to England for making tradition sexy again. That's what I'd say. <laughs> we do our best, and yeah, it is like it's a cool place. I'm a bit sort of, um, I don't know. I'm I'm too used to it now because I, I go there every day for three weeks every year, and so I turn up and I go, oh yeah, it's Wimbledon, great. Yeah, oh, aren't the aren't the flowers pretty? Aren't the courts green? Yeah, great. Whatever. I've got twelve hour day to sort out. Um, but yeah, I still like when I have friends come and, you know, or I can sort out tickets for friends and they go, oh, wow, it's amazing here. We had the best day. And, <laughs> you know, it, you sort of do forget that. And it's nice. Like, it's genuinely nice. And then sometimes they buy you a beer and it's eight pounds and they're like, oh, my God, it's eight pounds a pint. Oh, he's dropped again. <laughs> oh. he, he wanted to get a touch of those uh, no, pints. No. Oh, he's oh, back. No, he's back. He's back. He's back. He's back. I'm still here. Okay. I'm still here. Gotcha. I promise. I, I've only had three beers. I'm fine. <laughs> What's that? 24, 24 pounds, is it? Three, three beers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's basically my wages for the day gone, but it's fine. <laughs> well, I, I want to talk about uh, one of these semi finalists, Carlos Alcaraz. With, with, you know, we've seen your mm. Rafa, your Feds, and, and Djokovic uh, heading towards, you know, the end of their careers. Is this someone who can step into that echelon and, and really carry the torch for the next 10 years? Yeah, I hope so. I mean, he, he his tennis, like we often talk about these guys, you know, they're not necessarily characters. And he I think he is becoming a bit more of a character. But actually it doesn't matter because his tennis is so electric. Like it's not just the fact that he is winning these matches. It's how he's winning them. It's He, he wanders around with a smile on his face all the time. Um, he started dressing, I mean, he started wearing a bucket hat a lot, which I, I don't know how bucket hats go down in New Zealand, but they don't go down great at Wimbledon. But, you know, whatever, fine. <laughs> we'll accept it. Um, and Ben Stokes is bringing the bucket hat back. So so whatever Ben Stokes does is is fine. Um, but, yeah, the tennis is crazy. Like, he, he plays all the drop shots. He plays the tweeners. He, he, he's kind of a little bit of everything. Um, and yeah, I think I think he's going to be the superstar of the next like decade of tennis. The, the key for me is he's got to beat Djokovic because if he doesn't beat Djokovic, people will always say, "Oh yeah, but he's not as good as Djokovic, really." You know, he's just he's kind of a, a bit of an impostor fraud, and and I don't think he is that. I don't know if he can beat him on Sunday if if they both make it through, but he's got a chance, and that that's maybe just about enough. Oh mate, the the Bucky hats down here in New Zealand. They they during summer they go off, and and maybe Carlos has seen the weather. You know, the bit of sunshine, bit of rain. It covers all bases. So, you know, he's he's smart. He's smart on the court and off the court. I, I want to talk about like, in terms of UK uh, tennis players. Off Andy Murray's. He's thirty six now. We've seen uh, Emma Raducanu come through. Is is there any young UK tennis players that could, you know, grab that torch off Carlos? I mean, we have a guy called Jack Draper who is um, young. He's 21. He's he's a, a big lefty. He's got a big lefty serve and a big forehand. He's a really good-looking bloke. He, he's just about the only uh, the only tennis player I know who's got a modelling agent and a tennis agent, um, <laughs> and he needs one, quite frankly, because I mean, I'm basically a straight man, but Jack Draper he he, he changes things, um, <laughs> and he's also an electric tennis player. Like, Ticks a few boxes, um, you know. 
<laughs> he ticks a lot of boxes. Um, and, and one of them that should be mentioned is he's a very good tennis player. That The problem is he's he's injured a lot at the moment. He, he missed Wimbledon this year because he's got a shoulder problem. He's had abdominal injuries. He's had back injuries. He's had problems with cramps, which happened against uh, Rafa in Australia. He was cramping after a set and a half. So he, he's got some fitness issues to work out. But, I mean, I think he, he is someone who can be a top 10 player for, for a number of years. Um, but we, we've got a top 10 player. We've got Cam Norrie and, and, and we've claimed him as British. Again, you, you let him have, you let us have him. So we'll take him as well. You take everything, mate. You take everything that's good <laughs> off us. Yeah, but, but you don't take us in rugby. <laughs> we've got three World Cup, rugby World Cup. So we're still ahead of you on that. Of course, we're talking... I don't recognise them. I don't <laughs> recognize them. <laughs> James Gray from uh, the iPaper Sports Correspondent. Uh, we're talking some Wimbledon. The women's final, we see Vondrasova against Ons Jabeur who I got to know through Breakpoint on Netflix. I got to know a lot of tennis players through that, which I absolutely love. Brings us closer to the players. Mm. And she's quite a, quite a warm favourite in a final. Yeah, I mean, I think she's a relatively big favourite because basically people don't know a lot about Marketa Vondrasova. She's been in a, a, a Grand Slam final before. She was in the French Open final in 2019 when she lost to um, Ash Barty. But... Yeah, I think Jabur is rightly uh, um, the favourite. She was in the Wimbledon final last year. She was in the US Open final as well. So she's kind of experienced at this level now. And a bit like Alcara, she's so fun to watch. Like, she plays so many different shots. She loads of little slices, drop shots. She's got a bit of power too. She moves really well. She plays with a smile on her face. And I just think, you know, being good at tennis is one thing, but being able to be good at tennis and also do it with a smile on your face is such a big, big deal. And I think it's so big for people who don't watch the sport very often, who maybe did just get to know Ons Jabeur through Netflix, when they can then watch the tennis and go, ah, oh, like she's like a real human. She's not just like a ball bot. She's actually like playing the sport like I would. And when things go badly, she looks upset and, you know, shouts at her box. And when things go well, she, she grins from ear to ear. And I think people can relate to that, and that's really important. One question I've always wondered about, particularly in Grand Slams, and it wasn't covered in Breakpoint, I always feel like, you know, they interview the winner after their match. Um, I feel like they are trying to get the crowd on their side for the next match. Like, this is my favourite tournament. This crowd's amazing. I can't wait to play in front of you tomorrow. Do you think that's a, a conscious thing that these players, when they walk out, they want a big cheer, especially when, if there's no Brit involved, which there hardly ever is. Um, that, but they want they want the crowd on their side, so they start working. Immediately they've won their match. Too good a question, obviously, Gus. He's pondering it. He's just he's he's dwelling on it. Is is he still there, Kiz? But we just can't hear him. Oh, he is talking back to him. No, he's not there. Oh, have you noticed that, Gus? Like that? No. Oh, oh, he's oh, back. No. He's back. He's back. He's back. Is oh, the, I am. Great. Is it, is it okay. the Wi-Fi? What's going on at home? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. It's the rain. It's always the rain. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I heard none of uh, your no, heard was... none of your answer. Oh, it's a shame it was a doozy. Like honestly, it was an absolute belter. I probably you'll probably never hear anything as good on tennis ever again as that was. Um, but failing that, um, it was mostly a dig about how no New Zealanders has ever won a Grand Slam. But that's kind of the end of there. 
Um, we have uh, actually. Yeah, we remind have. me of your question. I've lost it. <laughs> Michael Venus won the right, French Open. Yeah, Michael Venus won the French Chris Lewis made the Wimbledon final uh, against McEnroe, beat Kevin <laughs> Carroll. My, my, deputy, my deputy editor is from New Zealand, and he's been talking about Chris Lewis to me for a long, about three weeks, basically. Chris Lewis is all he ever speaks to me about. So yeah. I'll, I'll give you Chris Lewis. That's fine. And Kelly Evenden um, made do it. Do they try and get Ke- the Ke- Kelly Evenden made it into Andre Agassi's book as well. I just thought I'd mention that. But yes, do, do they try and do they try and get the crowd on side as for their next match? That's what I reckon they do. Yeah, absolutely, they do. And but like, if you kept a list and like a spreadsheet of every player's favourite tournament, you would find that they have about twelve favourite yes. tournaments. Because like, what else? What else are you going to say? There's fifteen thousand people pimsed up to the eyeballs, <laughs> and, and someone said to me, "Is this your favourite tournament?" Like, you're not going to be like. Well, nah, to be honest, like Roland Garros, much better than this. Like, you know, <laughs> the crowd and nice. That was me throwing my pen, Gus. Dodgy line, we'll get Kez to pick it up and say thank you to James uh, for joining us. James, great. Yeah, they don't actually, they don't always say it's our favourite tournament. They'll quite often say it's a really special place. I mean, what a privilege it is to play in front of you, find people. It's, it's just amazing support and I really feed off it and... And I think good on them. Copy-paste set up, eh? Get the crowd behind you. Yeah. What about, about did, did McEnroe or, or any of those guys, did they do that? The Well, they didn't interview them after the match, and they didn't do press conferences. They, they did all their talking during the match with you cannot be serious and just yelling and screaming and throwing rackets, and um, and the loser walks off, and, and the winner waves to the crowd and walks off. There, there were none of this Jim Courier courtside interviews. There were no uh, comp, uh, compulsory press conferences and all of that. You just never heard from them. Can you imagine hearing hearing a McEnroe after a heated match? Oh, I would love it. <laughs> I would love it. Yeah, you know, McEnroe's just beaten Connors, and they say, "John, how is that?" You know, I kicked his ass. <laughs> you know, it'd just be full noise. I was I was interested to ask him because well, you know, you could probably if your knowledge is, is great. Like, is there a when I I never played tennis because I'd either whack the ball out of the court or hit the net. So I didn't I didn't gravitate towards it. Um, I'll, I'll tune into the odd grandstand. But is there any sort of growth where the the game can go, or like you know, I, I feel like I knew tennis because of a McEnroe or or a Leighton Hewitt with a come on, you know, like those mm. characters. Is there anything the game can change to, or you or you think it's in a it's in a good spot? I think, but given the nature of being such an explosive sport, so if you look at um, the classic rugby and then they became sevens, and the classic cricket and it became. T20 and, and leagues dabbled with nines and shortening the version, making it short, sharp. What does that look like for tennis? I just don't think because tennis is a game of attrition. It is like if you can go five sets and you're against Rafa, good luck winning that because he's the first man ever known to earth. So attrition does play a part in your classic tennis. Could they do something like um, first to 15 in a, in a rapid roulette type thing? Um, in, in the uh, Tohiwi... Uh, women's NBL, which has just started this week. I love this initiative, and Justin Nelson came up with this, I think. So you've got your classic four 15-minute quarter game, but before that, they're having a game called, I think it's Rapid Basketball or something like that, four four four-minute quarters, and it's all the players that aren't in the starting five, and they have this four four four-minute quarter game, and that gives them game time, and because you'll get players that just spend a lot of the time on the bench, and this is Justin Nelson's invention. And so you've got these 16, 17, 18-year-olds, people coming back from injury. They have four fours, and the starting five can't play in it. I love that. 
what could tennis do? I mean, they've modified in um, doubles, the third set, it's no tiebreakers, you just, um, or you have a game to 10 or something like that. So you don't have these endless tiebreakers. I don't know if you remember the John Isner, was it Nicholas Mahu or Batista Agu, longest tennis set in history, and he won 73-71 games. <laughs> Is that, they had to have a break overnight. Is that the one? That, yeah, and, and they came back the next day. day. And it went for about nine hours or something, yeah. and neither could break each other's serve. And, um, I don't know. In fact, if people out there, we've got such good um, smart listeners out there, what's something you could do for tennis to to change it? I don't think you change I don't think you change the Grand Slams. And there probably are tournaments out there. Like I quite like the um, end of year ATP Masters and the top, I think it's eight, and they play each other. They just all play each other. Mm. And they have exhibition games. You know, they'll quite often there's an exhibition game in Dubai and it's always a best of three sets. Fed against Rafa, it's always one all and then there's a set, you know, <laughs> at the end. Um, yeah, I don't know what changes you could make to tennis and I don't know if it if it's change for change's sake, I don't like mm. it. If it's yep. change for good, I do. So we'll go to the listener base and say mm. any changes you'd make to um, the great game of tennis. Uh, a couple of texts have come in. Um, as people are waking up, we're inviting people, asking people, requesting people. Text us, double eight, double three, what you're up to on Matariki. Um, <laughs> I'm going to read the, the most recent one. His phone keeps dropping out because he mentioned the game that shall not be talked about. Jamie, you are dead right. I reckon subtly, and I applaud him for this, Captain K, I reckon just hit mute as soon as he mentioned that <laughs> game which shall not be mentioned. Uh, Morena, gents, I'm having a strong black coffee to put some diesel in the motor. And then I'm off to Mahi. I'm cutting in a new floor in a client's rental, tiling a bathroom, fixing a couple of leaks in the roof and putting a new kitchen cupboards and drawers into the kitchen. When you work for yourself, no one pays you for the day off. Have a great day, team. Joe, another great New Zealander. If you can get all that done in one day, Joe, you if you're working on an hourly rate, slow down. Yeah, that to me looks like a three-day job, Gus. He could get paid for three days. If he gets all that done in one day. He seems like the man that's not going to do that, though. You know, he's, a, he's an honest man, honest day's work. I'll, I'll do what I can and, and I'll do it to the best of my ability. I rate that. Yeah. So, you know, when we start stretching things out, Staffy, that's when the road works keep going a bit longer than they I should. Know. I know. You know, my, my, my trip up from Hamilton should, you know, 10 minutes longer from the cones that are out there, but, <laughs> you know, honest, honest day's work. Uh, one from uh, Charlie says he's off to the Caroline Bay gym. Now, Caroline Bay is Timaru? Omaru. Timaru, I think, Caroline Bay. Couple of hours to keep the old bones moving. Uh, I took the week off and had great friends down from Auckland. They've gone now. It's me time. Back to work Monday. Staffy, you're the best jock on SNZ. Gus, you're the best stand-in they've had. Kez, you rock too. <laughs> Loving the show, boys. Charlie! Go on. How much are you curling, Charlie? What's your curl weight? Do you, do you dumbbell or you do barbell? What do you do? What do you reckon? Char- I reckon Charlie's like, I reckon he's a warm-up set with some uh, 8kg dumbbells. That's his warm-up. Do 10 of those. And then he'll... He'll be a descending set. I reckon he might be able to bang out like a set of six of 14s and then six 12s and then finish with 10 10s. I reckon he's working the machines. I reckon, he, oh, he reckon the, he's the, a machine. The old, the old bones has got me. Oh. So, you know, the old bones, you don't want those free weights because there's risk of shoulders and that. You get into the, the machines, it's nice and stable, but you still get, and then I reckon he's, 
He's on the treaty, getting a, getting a little walk. He's got the towel around the neck. Yes. To, you know, Charlie, tell Get me if I'm right. Get yeah, he's on. And he's he's power walking, getting them moving. Bang, bang. Got bang. about a 15% incline <laughs> yeah, on, on the treaty. That's it. Oh, Charlie, tell us what you're up to. Tell us, all of you, what you're up to on this Matariki. You're always welcome to give us a call, 0800 150 um, or text us what you're up to on Matariki Day, double eight double three. We've heard from a lot of people that are working because they're up and working. That's why we've heard from them. The people with the day off, sleeping. Or have you got up and you got the bacon on the grill or you got the eggs going? Let us know, mm. double eight, double three. Major hungry, hey, Gussie? <laughs> <laughs> Your granola just hasn't. Don't test me, don't test me. <laughs> we'll take a short break and we'll come back.